Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I am chatting with retired police officer Chuck Gallup about his TBI experience. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers, located in Denver, Colorado, Dr. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard, experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headache, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic, traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project. And I'm author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, I Know the Road Back to Normal, and four other books on the topic of brain injury, all available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free description the brainhousemagazine.com. Join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Chuck Gallup, and Chuck grew in Twin Cities, Minnesota. He was a policeman for nearly 25 years and worked assignments ranging from 911 operator, patrol, SWAT, traffic motors, and sergeant. After two serious on-duty injuries, he medically retired. Chuck became a stand-up comedian, traveling the country, telling jokes as a feature entertainer for most shows. He sought a more rewarding career that better leveraged his skill set and became a realtor, and found a career that was perfect for him. In his first year, he was Rookie of the Year in his office of 140 agents, and won sales awards from all three brokers. He also volunteers for an organization to help injured police officers. He loves food, travel, fitness, and pranking online scammers. He splits his time between Minnesota and Florida. Welcome to the podcast, Chuck. I'm happy to have you here. Hey, it is great to be here. Great to be here. Thanks for the great intro. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. So as we said in your intro, you were a police officer for 25 years um, and then had to retire. Um, and I believe one of your injuries, or one of your injuries was your traumatic brain injury, correct? Yeah, I, uh, I really piled up the injuries while I was there, but the most significant was the one with the TBI and, and about 12 other broken bones, including my skull. Oof. Oof. I know how to party. And what can I say? <laughs> Do you want to share what happened? Yeah, um, so I was uh, the sergeant in charge of the traffic unit at the police department, and I was a motorcycle officer, and going to a call of an accident with injuries, ironically enough, and um, got in a really messy crash on the way to that crash. 
Um, I uh, ended up just lightly tapping it. Well, to go into a little detail, someone slammed on their brakes in front of the police car in front of me. Uh, that mm. police car in front of me slammed on his brakes, and then I just barely tapped his police car with my motorcycle, but it sent me around like a pinball. Yeah. Um, I flipped off the motorcycle. I hit another motorcycle. Um, my helmet fell off during the crash, and I ended up lying underneath that other motorcycle, kind of cooking my arm while I was unconscious. Mm. Um, yeah, so 13 broken bones, uh, including my skull, and uh, uh, eight broken ribs, broken clavicle, broken vertebrae, and uh, the um, bone behind my ear broke as well, and that caused a TBI. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, it happened literally in the blink of an eye, right? And we often don't even see them coming. Um, And in your case, do you remember anything, or is it all kind of just what you've been told happened? Um, a little, well, I would say I remember very little. I actually remember at the time I was married uh, to um, my first wife, and I remember getting the call on the radio and telling her uh, that I had to take a call, and I would call her back after the call. And I remember a really brief snippet of driving past our dispatch center with my red lights and siren on, and kind of I always used to look over and wave if I was driving by. And I remember a snippet of the crash right as it was happening and I remember thinking I'm going to hit this guy mm-hmm. and I, I woke up once in the ambulance on the way downtown um, it was a really uh, dramatic incident for the police department they never call officer down we never actually never had an officer yeah. killed in the line of duty so um, it was basically the whole department was there someone one of my colleagues was riding in the ambulance with me on the way there um, and I woke up briefly because it was rush hour traffic and the driving was pretty pretty treacherous so yeah and what city were you um working for at the time bloomington minnesota most people know it you know the mall of america is there so most people yeah. know that but it's, yep. it's kind of a yeah that's that's what i always <laughs> tell people you maybe you've never heard of bloomington but you've heard of the mall of america so yeah yeah and um actually it's quite a large city i'm i'm not sure if it's as big as Minneapolis, but it's darn close if it's not. Um, so it's it's very large city. So you know to be to be able to say that you guys never really have officer down calls, you know that's that's pretty remarkable. Um, and so I'm sure it was very very shocking and upsetting to your colleagues, especially the ones um, that were involved in the accident with you, right? That that saw it happen and um, were there as it happened. And and not to mention you were on your way to their accident, right, that had an an injury involved in it, too. So, um, right? (laughs) It was, I would say it's very traumatic for my colleagues because I was their boss, and our job was to investigate crashes just like mine. So on the way to one crash, I get in a crash. My people I supervised investigated my crash. So it was was ishy, very ishy. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit um, what happened. So you were taken to the hospital, and uh, mm-hmm. how how long were you in the hospital? I had 18 fun-filled days, um, and, <laughs> you know, at first it was super fun. I had so many injuries. I mean, 
obviously all the yeah. broken bones I listed, but there were so many third degree burns on my body. Um, mm-hmm. There was um, there was a hearing problem because the the it popped my eardrum uh, and where the skull fracture was was right behind my ear. And obviously they were mostly concerned about the brain injury. Um, it quickly became apparent that I was going to uh, live, um, but. Uh, and I do remember my best friend at the time was uh, another officer and he had to go down to my house and pick my wife up and race her up to the hospital. And, you know, that very dramatic cliche thing you see on T where the cop shows up at your door yes. and knocks on the door. You know, she had been on the phone with me 30 minutes before that and then all of a sudden, oh, well, come with me. Um, but wow. So, yeah, I went to the hospital, spent 18 days in the hospital. They treated it everything. I think at one point I had 13 different doctors for the different problems. Um, and uh, I was uh, really, really didn't get the depth of my injury. Um, uh, I didn't realize what a fog I was in. And uh, I kept trying to get mm-hmm. out of the hospital. So they had me, um, had an alarm on the bed and I was in the traumatic brain injury <laughs> unit. They, you were naughty. Yeah. <laughs> I was very naughty. I kept trying to get up and leave the unit. And, you know, for a cop being in, in the hospital I was in, they're great level one trauma hospital, but not where a cop wants to be because you run into a lot of people you know. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, just a little vulnerable with the little hospital going on. Um, but, yeah, there's was 18 days and there's just constant visitors. They had me under 24-hour guard. The department provided that, you know, they're kind of a solidarity, a show of solidarity. There was, so there was always one of my partners there just, hanging out um, in uniform. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a long 18 days, a lot of therapy and a lot of, a lot of sessions and a lot of specialists and a lot of x-rays and CT scans, and it just went on and on. Yeah, and, you know, you brought up a really great point about, you know, you said you're fine, you wanted to leave, get out of the hospital. Um, and so often that is the case after a brain injury. Um, people think they're mm-hmm. fine. And, you know, that's the brain injury talking, right? Like you can't process yeah. the fact that something's wrong. And, I, like, I personally know some survivors and families of survivors who get frustrated because they're for years out. And it's still very apparent that the person has completely recovered. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's so fascinating to me how the brain works right? And it just mm-hmm. reiterates the fact that you can't trust the person who's had the brain injury to know whether or not they're okay. Like like looking at football, say, if a kid gets yeah. hit and the coach can tell they're not okay, but the kid's like, I'm fine. You know, like not putting that kid back in or not letting the employee return to work or, or whatever it is, right? Um, I just think that right. reinforces that fact. And are you able to look back at that and see it or, like, is it still, like, fuzzy to you? Oh, I, it, I would say I had no scope of understanding of how bad it was. Yeah. And um, and it it really not didn't get any better because I had the complications with workers comp and um, right. and the stigma. Yeah. Yes. Oops, sorry. I hope mm-hmm. I'm cutting out for you, but um, I had the stigma of, of workers comp and 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 police work where you just suck it up, kid. It just like you said with the with the athletes. And so I went back to work full duty with you know after all those injuries I just gave you. I think it was. 
January 25th, um, which would be just over four months, which is insane. That's amazing. And I'm, yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying that in a braggy way. It was ridiculous. The department no, shouldn't right. have let me do it. And I was in no Especially condition to be officer. handling Oh, yeah. And honestly, my job, I mean, it wasn't your typical police officer job. I ran two units at the police department. I ran a big budget. We handled all the serious investigations for traffic. Um, we were out doing traffic enforcement. We were out doing police work. It, it is a job I had no business doing, probably ever again, let alone within four months. Hmm. And so when you were back, how, how long did you remain on the forest? Um, I stayed there for, let's see. That's an interesting story, too. So I was there about two and a half, three years more, and they had taken the motorcycle away from me. They said, you're not going to ride that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to at least do it once more to kind of, you know, psychologically feel better about it. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't let me do it. And I actually filled out the paperwork to retire. It was sitting on my desk on a weekend night. I'd filled it out, and I decided that I think I might just try retiring. And that night, I got in a foot chase and broke my shoulder. Um, And that ultimately is the injury that I retired on. Um, But the paperwork had already filled out to retire from the motorcycle accident. Wow. um, Yeah. It's it's just, it's it's not a job I should have done again. Right. And I mean, to just think, I mean, like you stigma for injury. And nobody wants to believe, I guess, you know, maybe, um, that it can last for, it can last for the rest of your life. It can last for you. I mean, like, not everyone can recover from injury, right? And right. Just to think that they put you back into that type of a job where you are potentially protecting other people, making big decisions about what your colleagues do, right? Putting them into danger potentially. Like, I mean, I see this all the time, especially in uh, police and fire, right? They they tend to mm-hmm. put you guys, if you were working in a manufacturing plant and this happened, you probably wouldn't have been allowed to come back to work, right? Absolutely. So, like it's just it just kind of blows my mind a little bit, and um, you know, you probably had some flares of your brain injury. After that. Do, you, do you recall? Yeah, I I would say that the, it absolutely affected well probably not only my judgment but just even my coordination and other things. And mm-hmm. you know, I I'm working at a deficit with the brain injury, but also you know a deficit with my hearing now because I've lost a bunch of hearing in that ear. Um, and so the brain is just not as sharp as it should be to compensate. Um, I think to put it all together, it was, it, was a, it was a recipe for disaster, and it turned out exactly like I would have expected. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Chuck, do you, do you mind sharing how old were you at the time? Uh, let's see, I was 39 during the motorcycle crash. I was 42 when I broke my shoulder, and I was 43 when I actually, it took a full year to retire, so I was 43 at that yeah. point. Yeah, so quite young, right, to be retiring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and now you've moved into real estate, which I think is really cool. Um, and uh, how you know, how are you managing that? How is that going for you? 
<laughs> well, so I, I vowed I would never do any supervisory management positions again, and uh, I failed at that. <laughs> so now I manage a team of agents. We cover three states. There's ten of us. We're we're very busy, and I'm you know half realtor, half HR director, and across three states and from two different uh, geographic locations because I live in Florida and Minnesota. So it's it's very schizophrenic again. Um, maybe I don't learn from my lessons. Um, but I, I have learned, I think, a little more life-work balance. Thank God, because I, mm-hmm. you just can't keep that up. Um, but my, my current career is extremely challenging, too. So uh, I wish it weren't. And, you know, looking back, um, after you got out of the hospital, after your 18 days in the hospital and four months hiatus before going back to work, um, you know, are there any things that you've learned since then like it's always 2020. Um, are there any things you wish had been done, or like that you ha- that they had done for you, or whatever um, back then? Do you are there any things that you wish would have maybe been brought to the table? That is a wonderful question. It's an eight million dollar question that I'm going to answer two million dollars <laughs> worth of it. <laughs> because uh, obviously there were a lot of frustrations with my uh, wife at the time. There were an incredible amount of frustrations with the city and workers' comp and continue to battle them. Um, but I got, and actually I did not have a great lawyer for that case. Um, I later got a, a great lawyer for my shoulder. Um, but w- the one good thing I got from my lawyer is that he had me get a QRC, and I don't know if you've covered that um, before, but qualified rehab consultant that, that helped me through the workers' comp process, but they become an advocate for you, um, which right. I don't think the general public probably gets. And I know this guy, really good guy, very smart, and I know that every time he pushed me to a new caregiver, he probably got a referral fee or whatever. I don't know how it works. Um, but it really worked in my favor because he's the one who got me those 13 really annoying care providers. So I had specialists for every single little thing, and I don't think the typical... Um, TBI patient has someone pushing them that hard and sitting in their corner and going to every appointment because um, there were sometimes three, four, five a day, even after I got released. Um, so that was great, but I think the hard part um, for me uh, was keeping even my caregivers on task and trying to manage that with the TBI um, where I kept saying, my, my hearing, I really want someone to look at my hearing. They, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, and ultimately, when I finally saw a hearing specialist, thanks to my QAC, he said, you should have gotten in to see me earlier, that I could have saved yeah. your hearing this year, but it's too late now. Oh. Um, so that's probably one of my big frustrations. And workers' comp is terrible. They do not care. It is, uh, they're, they're horrible. I'll just say it here. They are horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know my dad went through a work comp case, and, yeah, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, they revictimized you. Know, I you, think- you know, and you're so vulnerable. Right. Right. Um, like you yeah. haven't already gone through enough, right? And then mm-hmm. they make you feel even worse. Um, you know, I know for me personally, after my brain injury, um, doctors just, I went to anybody with neuro in their name. Um, and <laughs> everybody just telling me, give him more time. Nothing we can do. Give him more time. Nothing we can do. <laughs> and I spent two and a half years doing nothing. I had zero anything in two and a half years. Um, than what I did on my own. 
And, you know, so it was really frustrating to then find out, you know, my, my story is I found functional neurology and they were able to totally get my, give me my life back. Um, but not everyone is that lucky, right? Like, I mean, you have your right. QRC guy helping you. Um, not everybody has somebody. And, you know, it's so incredibly frustrating because going back to when you're the person with the brain injury, you aren't necessarily the one um, to make good judgments, right? Um, right. You know, decision-making is impaired and, and just just even like, I remember for me, it didn't even occur to me to like Google brain injury and resources, right? Like it took me two years to find the Minnesota Brain Injury Alliance. Like, I mean, it was just like, you know, like just how impaired you actually were. Um, uh-huh. And I can't imagine going back to work as a police officer after four months of my recovery. Like it just blows my mind. Um, and I'm so it, glad that you're here talking about this because a lot of police and military, you know, they don't, they don't like to talk about it. And so I'm really grateful that you are here and you are talking about it because I mean, I have to believe that it's especially police and law enforcement. There are a lot of brain injuries that probably go undiagnosed. Um, you get in a tussle, right, trying to take down, mm-hmm. you know, a perpetrator or whatever. Or you get in a car accident. I mean, like, you guys do pit maneuvers, and it's a controlled accident, yeah. but it's still an accident. There's still an energy force, you know. Um, and so I just can't even comprehend how many TBIs probably go undiagnosed in law enforcement. I <laughs> think you are right. And, and mental illness is another side of it, too, but I think, you know, there's, yes. there's such a high – incidents of PTSD and you put all that together it's it's a disaster and I think they're starting to acknowledge it and they're a little better about it but they have a long long way to go mm-hmm. yeah and I mean you're know, talking about depression and PTSD and all that like I mean those are side effects of the TBI too right? like and then adding that on top of the like it's compounding the problem and um you know these are people making decisions that could potentially mm-hmm. harm themselves or someone else um so i i think it's a bigger problem than we realize and um you know i like what can be done right like what what needs to happen that that's that's a whole other conversation sex but um Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really glad that you're here talking about it and bringing it to light. It, it is. It's a really important topic. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're in Florida. I'm guessing you're in Florida right now because it's cold here. Um, no. But... No. Speaking of bad decisions, I'm in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if you saw it's cold um, here. just this past week, uh, a Minnetonka firefighter um, was hurt during yeah. training and suffered a severe brain injury. Um, yep. you know, he, he slipped on ice. That's what happened to me. <laughs> so um, I'm guessing he must not have had a helmet on. Um, or maybe it came off. I, I haven't really heard. But um, they were just doing some training exercises. And he, you know, slipped on ice and hit his head. And I relate. That's how I how I got my brain injury. So um, yeah. it, just, it just can happen so fast. 
It can. And, yeah, I mean, he's got a long slog ahead of him, and he's going through the exact same system, probably with the same workers' comp provider, and they'll, yeah. they like to look really pretty and say, well, we're taking care of you. Yep, you will, you'll be fine. Yep. Oh, no, we, we're not paying for a CT scan. No, 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 no. So I I, I feel for him. And he's yeah. got a long way to I, go. That, that's an ugly story. Yeah, I think he's still in a coma. Don't put me on that. But I, at last I read, he's still in a coma. Um, but a friend yeah. of the family did reach out to me. She knows me. And um, I'm like, well, I'm here when he's ready for some resources. So hopefully they do reach out. Good. But yeah. That's so Chuck, you know why what? I love what you oh, do. Go ahead. Uh, that's oh, that's why I love you. what you do. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so what advice do you have for anyone listening who um, maybe they're in the middle of a work comp case with a brain injury or, you know, like, like you, they, they, they think they're, they're fine. <laughs> you know, what advice do you yeah. have for anyone listening? Oh, boy, that's, I wish I could sum it up in a minute because it's probably longer than that. But, you know, listen to your brain you got and a your few. body. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. So, um, but listen to your brain and your body. But also look at the faces on the people around you. And if you see them mm. have that weird face, they're being Minnesota nice and not telling you that you're <laughs> off. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean... You are not the best judge of your character yeah. during a TBI. Um, my first question, by the way, was, how's my motorcycle? When, when can I get out of here? Is the motorcycle okay? <laughs> I got to start. And I started arranging to get the motorcycle fixed. So, you know, that is not a good way to do that. And that's not that, that speaks to my judgment at the time. So take your time. Take advantage of all the resources you have. Advocate for yourself. I mean, like, really stand up and say, I want a specialist to look at this or that. I want someone to check my hearing. Don't be afraid to push providers. And I really recommend if it's anything work-related, get a lawyer. Or if there's any yes, civil liability, get a lawyer. Um, even if it's like your deal. You, you fall, on the, you, it's a slip and fall. That's okay. Someone might be liable, and those deep pockets will help you get the care that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I'm a huge advocate of get a lawyer. And all mm-hmm. lawyers will will do a consult with you for free and tell you if you have a case, right? Like they'll they'll be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. And I know so many people are like, "Oh, I don't want to get a lawyer involved." And that's how I was at the beginning too. And you quickly realize, "No, you need a lawyer involved." Especially a work comp um Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're advocating or your family is advocating like he needs this or that and they're not doing it, you have the right to a second opinion no matter right. what. Um, so get that lawyer. I, I just can't stress that enough. Um, it can be so crucial in your recovery. So definitely. Yeah. Well, and check, that's the lawyer. Make sure the lawyer is really good fit for your specific case because yeah. uh, our pension's a little weird. So my, my second lawyer really was a much better fit. Yeah, yeah, and you know if you're not sure, go back through my podcasts. I know I have several podcasts with lawyers on them. Um, go back and listen to a few of those to get some more advice if um, you're in that situation. Um, Chuck, I'm so glad that we connected. I know. Um, 
we found each other through Lynn. I, I don't quite know how you yeah. knew Lynn, um, but she interviewed you for the Brain Health magazine. You were in the issue, um, I think you were in October maybe. Um, mm-hmm. We featured you. Um, and uh, I'm just so glad that this has kind of come full circle and now here you are on the podcast. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn was a police reserve for us, so she's a great That's police right. reserve and That's great right. author. And, yeah. She's she's just a lot of fun, really good person. And I can't thank you enough for giving me a platform. It, it's cathartic to talk about it, and it's, it's my little mini therapy session, and I hope it helps someone <laughs> if they're going through this. And they can find, you know, some solace or some advice that, that helps them get better. Yeah. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for being here. Um, do you have a website or a way for anybody to get in touch with you if they have any questions or interest in you? Yes. Um, my website is www.callupgollop.com. So it's C-A-L-L-U-P-G-O-L-L-O-P.com. And that takes people to my uh, real estate website, and you can find all kinds of resources there and contact information, and uh, it's a great way to find me and what I'm about. Awesome, and I am updating that right now in the show notes. There we go. Um, So wherever you're listening to this, you can click through the show notes and find that direct clickable link to find Chuck's website, callupgallup.com. Chuck, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a wonderful conversation, and I just really appreciate you sharing. Yes, thank you for having me on, and good luck, everybody, with whatever you're going through. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Just another big thank you to our sponsor, IntegratedBrainCenters.com. And you can find all previous episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or directly at FacesOfTBI.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And remember to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it for $5 a month with a Patreon membership. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zalmer. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.